Welcome to Open Studios, a podcast brought to you by PerformView, the digital home for experimental performance. My name is Asia Stewart. I'm a performance artist and the founding artistic director of PerformView. I'll also be your host. In every episode, I'll be sitting down with a different artist to take a virtual step inside their studio to learn a little bit more about their practice and motivations. And in this episode, I am so, so, so delighted to be speaking with Veronica Peña. Veronica Peña is an interdisciplinary artist and independent curator from Spain based in the United States. Her performances explore the impact that absence, separation, and loss has on the human condition. Resisting limiting forces from the enforcement of restrictive immigration policies to the operation of machismo, Veronica aspires to foster unity and connection in a world that sows division. For Veronica, the materiality of the items she uses in performances is key. She often fully envelops her body in these items and props, participating in a physical metamorphosis that momentarily alters the appearance of her body. Welcome to the Open Studios podcast, Veronica. How are you doing today? Hello, myself. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you for the invitation and thank you to perform you for, you know, including me in the adventure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's such, it's such a privilege to be speaking with you. To begin, uh, I just want to start off by focusing on your performance, The Body and Substance. So I had the pleasure of watching this performance live in person back in 2021 at the NARS Foundation. In this performance, you submerge yourself in a large tank that is filled with a liquid that coagulates. You breathe through a tube that allows you to stay underwater for hours at a time, and lights beam out around you, and an assistant intermittently adds colorful liquids into the tank that stretch around your body until the tank grows murky. You've said that this piece can find you in the most beautiful stillness, placing you in a position where you are unable to talk or see. So I'm curious, my question is, how did a performance that required your body's confinement become liberatory for you? Yeah, there is a big word for me. Uh, I think, you know, I can be interpreted many, many ways from my own perspective. But if I go to what I feel the most, I think it's liberatory because opens a door to possibility. All my performances start with an intuitive gesture that then I start into a more complex project. When I started performing, they started when I moved to the US. I am an immigrant to this country. I've been here since 2006. I, you know, when I'm moving here, I started that gesture, the gesture of covering the skin with the paint. I used to be a painter uh, and stop painting you know, I, instead of painting, I started to cover the skin. And I, that gesture became even more present when I lost my father while I was living here. So I am opening this threshold between what it was and is not anymore, between the past and the present, life and death, the here and the death. So it, opens a world of possibility for me. On my initial works with uh, stillness and confinement, the materials were rough on the body. In a way, it was a constraint, but we were 
substance is because uh, a carrots. It's uh, a carrots, and then I come from similar life. It's not pain. It's, it's a neutral area where you can really stay there and, you know, everything that's more important disappears, and you're already focused on your body and the space. It, it has many readings, you know, the, but I think for me it's overall a space of hope, and in that sense, you know, hope for the, for what may happen uh, when you challenge the body in that way. And in that sense, I would say is liberatory. Yeah, well, I think the experience that I had as a viewer watching this performance, you almost create a portal through the tank and you rupture time. Because what I'm hearing and the, the language that, the, that you're using it, you're creating this third space, this other space that doesn't exist in the here and now, and it doesn't necessarily exist in the past, but it's this other world that you're building or shaping, at least that you're able to temporarily occupy when you were underwater, when you were submerged and held and caressed, as you said, it, hugged by the substance that, that surrounded you. Yeah, it's hard to de- describe how is to be inside? You know, because when, if for instance, when I submerge in water, um, the struggle of the movement or the reaction of the body is different because you are still suspended in something that is not so solid. But this is like a middle territory, you know, where you feel I, it's a very strange, it's a very strange feeling. I really don't, and I don't even know how to explain it, but this, I think it's one of the more, peaceful moments I had, I experienced in my life. How did you go about selecting or testing the liquid that you used in the tank? Well, you know, when I wrote this proposal, the body and the substance, um, I had, I was working on another project where I was only somewhere in the head. I got really obsessed with the idea of coagulation, you know, with the material coagulating by itself. But the material is not the material, right? It's the material and the body. And the body has so many limitations in terms of temperature, the chemistry that goes around it. So I tried so many materials. And at the beginning, my idea was like, I was really stubborn. You know, I'd say I'm going to do something, no matter what I'm going to do it. And I I'll tried, uh, you know, things that were connected to biology, chemistry, to... Um, uh, molecular gastronomy, you know, and the process is like that. I will, it was on trial and error, you know, and then you use a small amount, the proportions, everything changes when you go bigger. So even if I just want to say, yes, and I say, oh, this is working so well, then I will go with, and it will be a mess. So then I started to get more in touch with the water uh, itself. And also, you know, the first time I have sold this project to the public has been through online performance via Zoom. So what you see on the screen is not, you know, and sometimes I pick the materials based on what I was looking at. And when it became live, I, I changed some of them just because I, you know, I, I am driven by visuals. For instance, in the performance that you so, which was the first time for me to enact this, so it was like a pilot. <laughs> and in, in general, my work is about counteracting violence. So when I am inside the tank, there was moments that feel 
more violent. Um, you know, the performances start clean, just with water and the naked body, and then it becomes ready. Then there is this more uh, plasticky thing. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't do it because of the plastic. It's just I really felt the sensation of it in the water. And I like it because it was like soft, but at the same time toxic. And it goes around you. Sometimes it will go around the tube. Sometimes it gets on the face. And even if it makes things harder. And I put this type of powder that it reminds me of the dirtiness of uh, everything that we have to confront and swallow and see how do we how to deal with it and then I also had the idea of dust and how dust covers you know the gray covers everything and I don't know I have it like associated with the notion of death or disappearance so at the end of the performance was more this type of type of texture I also do the sound I work with a with an artist and I tell them, you know, I hear this, but I don't know how to do it. And she, her name is Tara Blad and she's excellent. And she, you know, she's just a very good uh, sound artist. So everything is kind of, gets, it's like a poetry. I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, you're not talking too much at all. Uh, I just wanted to agree with you on, on many points. I think that for one, the sound is... For what I remember from the performance that I saw, there was um, this operatic uh, quality to to the music that was playing, and it almost magnifies the epic nature of what you're doing and of the journey that your body is undergoing and of the transformation that we even see occur within the tank too, from this clear water that becomes murky and, and almost muddy over time. The inclusion of the plastic in that performance was so key because for me, it really communicated that sense of, of violence because the plastic is that inorganic material, something that we often see or identify as being waste. And for me, it brought up seeing your body wrapped in the plastic, brought up images of marine mammals that have been suffocated by plastic or of just detritus that's been discarded outside on on the sidewalk and and then to see that paired with the red liquid that surrounded you definitely communicated the sense of violence or danger i i try to work to be open in a way that uh, you know i don't try to direct everything in terms of i mean it's not possible right and i love when the big um or the the audience the People are having the experience to say things. I like to think of it sometimes as the viewer's perspective of the performance of the work often illustrates or speaks to more perhaps their worldview or their emotional state or whatever it is from the performance that they specifically connect with speaks to them. Yeah, which I think is fantastic. And for me, all these uh, you know, sensations, feedback, that I receive expands the project because it, it makes it grow in a, you know, maybe if I win next time, I take that feedback and I forget the aspect that I don't pay the most attention to, even if sometimes they have the most important part. And, but the breathing was, uh, especially because it coincided with the pandemic, it was something that moved uh, a lot of people, even if the word was presented through via, you know, online. 
we often assume or take for granted that breathing is involuntary and we forget that we breathe, you know, second to second, moment to moment throughout the day. And to have that sound amplified and magnified in the space uh, made me think of the vulnerability of our bodies and the fragility of, of each breath and to hear that and to see that the struggle, I think, for, for air and for life. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we take it for granted sometimes. Um, and underwater, because the, even if the tank that I use is not so deep, you can feel the weight of the water and the land. So I really have to learn how to breathe if I wanted to stay longer than I wanted to. <laughs> inside the, this uh, space. The first hour or so, it feels like me, I'm not <laughs> making it. I keep floating, everything is moving. Uh, but to hold the tube for so long, you know, it creates tension in your muscles. It's, the many things happen, right? But then the next hours went like five minutes. So I think it's really a, it's really a place to learn something in order to discover something different. I was just going to ask, uh, what was the longest period of time that you allowed yourself to be submerged? The longest I had only seven hours, and uh, you know, I did. I don't put uh, anything on the water to keep it warm. So it starts warm, but it's just the natural process of getting colder, and you are not moving. So, and there's a point where I feel. That's it. I get lethargic. That's the point for me to to abandon. But I have so much, so many, many rights. And now because I I moved uh, back in New York, I don't have my my water tanker. Like I feel like I'm I am <laughs> I lost something. It's I it's something in there that I see that can grow. This may be uh, a silly comparison for me to make, but. I know that many people enjoy and have sought out access to sensory deprivation tanks uh, where you could be, you're not fully submerged in the way that you were in the tank, but people can float in a water that's filled with high quantities of salts and you're able to float in total darkness for perhaps 30 minutes or an hour or so. And people say that they feel some sense of peace, as you've said, or they're able to escape the busyness of, of their minds. And that also makes me think of the fact that you've given others the opportunity, members of the public, the opportunity to submerge themselves in the tank. So I, I wanted to ask what types of feedback or what have people shared with you about their experiences being submerged in the tank? I had never tried one of the, how do you call it, sensory? Deprivation tanks. Deprivation tanks, yeah. I haven't tried one of those, but one of the... Uh, participants, uh, she did. She told me it had nothing to do with it because when you are floating, you can relax, right? But in here, you are trying to find the connection with the water, the balance between your body and the water, and the water will move you up. So it's really an exercise to understand your body in that media to not float or to stop moving inside. You know, like when I perform, they tell me, you make it look so easy. <laughs> but it feels like, now I understand the water. I can 
go inside and like quickly adjust my body, my inner mind self to what is surrounding me. It's, it's good that you brought it up because that's something I have forgotten. So with the participants, I went into then to submerge on water because you have to get inside a water tank, which is not, that's an important part. How do you get inside? You know, they're not made for that. I got pe- I got people into where to put the trans, where not, because it's a it's fragile. Huh? Well, and I use a glass tank, so it, you really have to know where not to put your weight. One of the participants, he told me, Brad, you know, it's interesting how we judge people because he, I feel he was a strong person. How he was like, let's do this. We talked a little bit before. I give them a particular uh, thing to do. You know, to think ahead of the of the borso. And he went inside and he told me I'm scared of the you know, that I cannot get the next piece of air into my lung. And so I cannot relax. So I had to tell him I am here. I explain why, you know, what to do. Another another person does some reading and she she told me something that really I stick with me because he told me, you know, I don't feel, I'm not, I'm not going to use the exact words because I cannot remember exactly, but she said, I don't feel beautiful most of the time. And she said, I feel beautiful in here. Being in this protected space, it's a different experience. So, you know, one of the person that came, she was, she was afraid of water. How do we do this in a way that she can enjoy the experience and she stayed inside for half an hour, and that was it. I tried for the work to to bring something good to the person, if I can. Of course, it's not going to happen all the time. Some people are so keen because they wanted to have a picture on the water. So, you know, it's a learning experience for me, too, because for me, it's important to have some kind of respect for the work. One time, with one of the participants, I felt not used, but... Um, you know, this person is more here for the picture than any other thing. I don't know. So it's very weird. Everything's kind of weird. But as I think that these interactions with people are very important, all of them, because uh, it, it really is a thermometer of how we are doing. Also, my way of uh, interacting with people, of creating these alternate realities that are not the everyday aspect of life. I think creating a space or zone that is so therapeutic or can offer comfort to to people can offer this very new unfamiliar experience or sensation to people when you referenced uh, a participant who who submerged to you said it's almost sounded like they approached it more as like entertainment or yes. as if it was an attraction to be documented and later shared on social media that's not what your work is about i think particularly in the body and the substance when you're performing you're almost you're not almost, you are connecting with your surrounding environment. And when you offer that performance to others, or when you offer people the chance to submerge themselves in the tank, it's something that is, it, it is very serious. It is very uh, personal and intimate. I'm, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to see that. Yeah, I'm so glad you were there. Yeah, I, I didn't know, I know, I knew you because of your work and the and different environments, but I didn't know you were there until you told me. I am so very thankful to the many, you know, to the foundations that have supported this project because uh, it's not easy to bring so much water in a space. And I realized that 
they really need to trust me. I tend to be humble. So in those moments, I had to really say, I know what I am doing. You have to trust me. And it's a work that you've developed over three, four, five years now. Yeah, yeah, it has been, it has been, uh, that my first version of this only with the head was in 2015. So it has been a long time. Yeah. And I have a lot of work, right? It's one of the prayers where that it really touches me that I have, I keep working on it. You know, it's, it's hard, it's hard for me to do that. I don't know how it is for you, but I tend to jump from one brain to another because I get bored. I'm the same. <laughs> so this one is keeping me interested because I don't know what is going to come. And other ones I can't predict, no, I can tell, oh, and if I do this, this and that, this is going to happen and stuff like that. But this one is more unpredictable for me and I think I like it. So I want to also focus on another one of your performances that investigates how imposed limitations or restrictions can potentially be generative. Uh, so this is the Carried Body series. You developed the series Carried Bodies, La Maquina Dormida, at a time when your body was recovering from an injury. And in this performance, you tightly wrap black thread around your face and body to the point where your eyes are essentially sewn shut. You then cover yourself in multiple liquids and a darker, almost brown liquid allows you to break the threads that bound your body and you're able to escape. How did this performance change the relationship that you have with your body and your understanding of the healing process? I, I don't think the performance changed the relationship to my body. I think it was the experience that generated the performance. I have an injury in one of my wrists, uh, in one of my wrists, really. So I was going to uh, physical therapies for a while. And it was a, it was an injury to the inner ligaments of the wrist. There's really not much that you can do but to follow the rhythm and the process of the body to heal from that. During the conversations with the therapist, I learned that it's when you sleep, when your body really repairs. It may be very obvious for some people, but it's, for me, it was interesting. And I was also taking an anatomy class, so I was really conscious about how the body works inside. Due to this injury, I couldn't work for a while. So I started to think about the body, the threads that connect in that, in that performance, there is a point where my face gets connected to my leg and to my foot. So if I move my leg, then it oppresses my face. Or, or sometimes when you lose a member of your body, the body compensates. These threads were forcing me to see what happens in my body when my head is connected to my foot or when I cannot do a certain moving there. And also in my work, I talk a lot about the invisible or the hidden limitations and talking more about society and the imposition that we sometimes are not able to put a name to you know it's like when you suffer racism or situations of marxismo so those for me sometimes are very evident but sometimes they are like encapsulated in what is happening that you don't realize you don't feel good but you don't realize what it is there is a woman in the performance this is the first time that i take the substance out of the tank which for me was another thing. Should I do it? Should I not do it? What I'm doing? And I put the I pour this liquid into the wounds. And you know, I do feel pain because sometimes 
my teeth are connected to my knee, so if my knee cannot hold up, it will pull down my mouth. So, you know, there is a level of pain that for me is part of life. And I didn't want it to, to be too, I don't like to promote pain, but it's, it's part of what it is. And this liquid is very calming. So the heat, the pain, it calms it down. I think my, my work is very simple. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think it's it's simple at all. I think it's incredibly complex and also you really do physicalize human experience and you distill and focus and capture these really often universal challenges that, that someone may face. There's so many times when our, our bodies disobey us or we often I think try to separate the the physical our body from our mind and really the two are very much connected. I think what that performance really touches on is I would imagine it made you so much more conscious of of your body and how each small section and part of your body was connected to the other and how that influences or controls movement or defines movement. Yeah. Yeah. Also being naked, uh, you know, I I am only naked when I feel the work needs that nakedness. But for me, it still is an element of pressure, you know, because I am too conscious, too conscious of my nakedness. I don't know, it's another element that uh, I never talk about, but it's being naked in front of somebody, you know, modifying your body. Seeing some expressions in the faces of people like, you know, the face of not approval. And I'm very interested in that face because I think that's the one that, that disapproval is what uh, I am interested on in challenging it. Absolutely. I, I think because a lot of my performances also have included nudity, and I think it's something that's very natural. And I think in my work, I'm often trying to acquaint or reacquaint myself with my body. And there's perhaps a similar healing process that I try to undergo in my work. But I think it's interesting when people are so uncomfortable by viewing the the naked body, the nude body, when people are angry to see that in public spaces or in gallery spaces. And I'm also really interested in that that discomfort or that hesitation. It's interesting to make people sit with that discomfort and to, to challenge their assumptions of what is acceptable and what's not. Yes, uh, you know, I I just moved back into New York after several years living in Indiana, and I am very excited because I applied for a final program here near Baswick in Richwood, and I got accepted. This initiative will give you a studio for two months without having to pay anything for it. I found interesting the open call because they were interested in something that is out of your comfort zone. How do I conciliate the dream, the making of performances with the fabrication of objects? And I really done objects for a while other than the artifacts that my performances naturally create. So in this residency, I'm doing a project that's called 
blurring the self, where I invite people to submerge the head inside a little tank. And we talk about the dissolution of barriers, how to step out of individuality. And the participants, they move the head and they dissolve these boundaries. So I'm working on how do I translate these moments that happen under the water into objects. And when I'm doing, I'm trying to create these large scale paintings without modifying too much what I get from the videos. And you want to participate? <laughs> I'd love to. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if anybody that is, you know, listening to this would like to have a chance to, to be portrayed in that way, I would appreciate it. I would love it. I think that's a, a beautiful way to one invites so many more people into your practice and into your work because all of the images that you're creating are participatory by nature. And then secondly, just to find a way to capture this, this moment that really can't be contained, that moment of submersion, really. Nothing looks so alive to me as the performances. So every transition I do into an object is like, until I don't find the right thing, it feels like it's losing life. And I, I think it's interesting when we think about performance objects, whether it's the remnants of the performance or something that was inspired by the performance, how the object is not trying to emulate or replicate the performance because that's impossible, but how can it maybe present this altered perspective of the work? Yeah, and uh, you know, sometimes artifacts can be very dark objects. It's not something that I can always present, uh, for instance, in my applications, or, but it depends where, in which direction I am pointing, uh, you know, it's, sometimes it's not enough. Uh, it's a process of uh, experimentation and it's nice to see sometimes what remains or the residue that's that's left behind. Yeah, I think it's good to be out of the comfort zone, you know, because I don't want to see it is easy for me to do performance, but I really feel comfortable doing performance. So when making these uh, objects, I'm calling them objects because I don't know how to call them better. Um, but it's really a process of fabrication and it's different, it's very different. Absolutely. I think also a core element of performance is the fact that you are witness, that there are typically witnesses to the performance that you're undergoing. And there is some level of interaction with an audience that's present, either uh, in person, live or virtually. And so it is very, very different to be creating an object in isolation of either a performance or, or other people. Yes. Anything else that you would like to leave us with, Veronica, before we say goodbye? Well, I just want to say thank you. I think it's very interesting what you are doing with Performio. And I hope that you really find a place to success and, you know, a place where we can all share what we do and an open door room for the discipline of performance. That's what I hope too. That's exactly what I hope for and wish for. And I just want to thank you for sharing so much of yourself and particularly just opening up these windows to the works that you have uh, created and particularly uh, letting us all learn a little bit more about the body and substance, especially. Thank you so, so much for your time. <laughs> Thank you. This episode of Open Studios was produced by me, Asia Stewart. If you are interested in watching incredible performance work, I highly recommend that you check out Perform View head to www.performview.com.